Welcome to the Bethel Church Podcast. Each week you'll be able to check in for our messages from Sunday and other material. We hope that our messages encourage you in your walk in daily faith with Jesus. Make sure to check out our website, BethelStratford.org. It's from my husband and I know what it is. I know because he told me right after we were married that he told me what he was gonna get me on this Christmas. I guess I just never thought this Christmas would actually get here, so. See, I always knew that I was meant to be a mother and my husband was meant to be a dad. I just knew it, I was sure of it, till I wasn't. happened slowly at first. I, I didn't notice it, but after a while, the um, cute little jokes that our friends made, they stopped being funny. And well, the constant pep talks from our family reminding us that it just takes time. Well, it started to become more defeating than encouraging. It's actually a little frightening to think how many dark places my mind went to during those years. I mean, I thought, had I done something wrong? Was I being punished? I even convinced myself that somehow, some way, God had abandoned us in our pursuit of our dream of being parents. I thought, maybe if I prayed more or trusted more, believed more, then maybe, but after years of, of praying and trusting and believing, I had nothing to show for it. Nothing but a broken heart and a bunch of empty tissue boxes. Well, I, I, we eventually just learned to live with our broken hearts. I mean, it was just the way it was going to be. Till it wasn't. December 21st. I remember because I opened my advent calendar and there was an extra piece of chocolate in there. I love that. I love it when that happens, but that was not the best part. The best part was the scripture message that came with the chocolate. Mm. Isaiah 61.1. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me because the Lord has chosen me. He has commissioned me to encourage the poor help the brokenhearted. Oh. See, in this prophecy about the coming Messiah, God reassured me that not only had he not forgotten about us, but that he wanted to help us. Well, that little seed of hope found its way into my heart. And yes, God does have a strange way of doling out kids, but we soon realized that we didn't have to necessarily experience the miracle of childbirth to experience the miracle of having a child. So, 
while my friends were off to Lamaze classes, we, <laughs> we met with lawyers and social workers and notaries and it took us a lot longer than nine months to become parents, but that little miracle, she was worth the wait. In my wildest dreams, I could never have imagined how God would orchestrate this for us, but he did it. He did it. You know, just the other day, God reminded me that he provided baby Jesus in a very strange way on that very first Christmas. He didn't come like everyone thought he was gonna show up. He also reminded me that because of Jesus, I am his adopted child. And if he loves me as much as I love that little girl, well, I don't have to ever question his love for me again. There's a moment in this video just before the mom picks up her child. And I don't know if you caught it, but she says this, that they had decided, she says, we decided that that's the way it was going to be. And then she smiles and just says, but it wasn't. How many of us in our life, different areas of our life, we had just kind of come to the conclusion, enough fighting, enough struggle, ah, this is just the way it's going to be. And then how many times did God just whisper, but it isn't. And God shifts and he moves something. And all of a sudden, finally, when we, as I talked to her, we stop trying on our own. God comes in and he moves I think too often in our Christian walk, in our Christian life, sometimes we just accept things way too easily sometimes. And we forget the power that we have by serving a living God. Um, I find it interesting that last year, so many churches, we missed out on the student grant because of the decision the government made. But by churches standing together and, and not bending they actually have changed their decision. Now, they're still not going to give money to certain groups and stuff like that, but they've took the whole uh, checkbox off the whole application. And I clued into something. If you watched as that whole thing rolled out, it wasn't just Pentecostal churches that stood together. If you watch videos and you watch the news as they were interviewing, it was so many different religious groups standing together saying this isn't okay. And I don't know if you clued in, but what it proved to me was as a church today, if everybody separated all the little things that we disagree on but stood together for what we truly believe in, churches still can shift society. And so do you know there's too many areas in our lives where I think that we sit together and we talk politics or we talk life and we say this. It's just the way it's going to be. When God says, where, where is my army of believers? See, the righteous take it by sitting back and praying. Don't get me wrong, I believe in prayer. But the Bible doesn't say the righteous take it by sitting back. It says the righteous take it by force. The righteous take it by force. When was the last time 
that we cried out to God as hard as we cried with a friend. We were talking, we were last night with some couples and we were talking just about Joyce Myers and I remember the one quote she said. She said, go to the throne before you go to the phone. And too often we call one another to seek out advice when we don't seek out God. And he's standing there and he's saying, when we say, oh, it's just the way it's going to be, God says, but it's not. It's not. And sometimes we might think, after the life that I've lived, after all the things that I have messed up, all the things I've done, all the things that I have said, I could never be a part of God's family. And see, some of you here, I'm looking through the room, and I see so many believers in the room, but do you understand there's so much more? So I might say to you this line where it's like, oh, I don't know if I'll be a part of the family of God. And you sit here, and you're like, well, no, no, I know I'm a part of the family of God. But do you understand that you're invited to the adult table? Right? At Christmas time, everybody still probably has the little kids' table where it's like, oh, we don't have enough room over here. You guys sit over here. Like, you're invited. You don't have to sit at the kid table. We trust you. You can have the glasses with no lids on them. <laughs> right? Like, God says, come on over. Sit here. Let's... You were a part of this. See, what you, understand, what you have to understand is Jesus came at a time when people, according to scriptures, were living in such a dark, dark time. We're almost at this, and I want you, some of you are going to be like, this is almost where we're going, but it's not. Right? Hear that. When Jesus' time, he was living at a time where the government would basically say to people, like, get up, get down, sit down, and everybody had to, like, do what they said and move what the government said. And I know some of you are thinking, well, that's where we're heading. You missed the whole first part of the message. But it's not. It's not. We can move and shift to what God wants to do. And see, in those times when Jesus, before Jesus came, it could feel so defeating, so down, like what do we have? What chance do we have? In the middle of all of this misery and stress, there was a young lady. And she became pregnant with a baby. And his name was supposed to be called Jesus. In all of this darkness, in all of these times, God was already working. Everything, everything about the video we just watched, as hard as it may be to watch, everything that we are looking at, it all goes back to love. Love. God loves us so much, he sent his son. 1 John uh, chapter 3, verse 1 says this, See what sort of love the Father has given to us, that we should be called God's children. And indeed, we are. There's moments as we read through Scripture, especially this time of year, I'm sure everybody in the room, you've read through the Christmas story well, just figure out how many Christmases you've celebrated. And if you're a believer, that's probably how many times at least you've read through the Christmas story. But when you read through the Christmas story, do you understand, like, he came for this, that you should be called God's children? You ever read a scripture verse and look at a scripture verse this and put yourself in it? See what sort of love the Father has been given to me. 
that I should be called God's child. And indeed I am. There's times where you need to read through scripture and you need to identify yourself. It's not for the person beside you, although it is, but it's for you. As you read through it, the promises of this is just for me. This is a promise that God has spoken to me. We are his child. We are his children because of his great love. His great love. In this Christmas season, when sometimes it's the hardest season for people to get through, you need to understand, you need to realize how much you are loved. You are loved. Can you just lean over to your neighbor and just say you're loved? Now to the other side, you're loved. Because see, it was easy when it was your spouse. Now it's a little awkward and weird, right? <laughs> it's always fun. I just want you to know it's also intriguing for the ones that don't look at their spouse first. <laughs> just saying. But you're loved. This is... This is an understanding that by having God's love, being part of his family, there's a security in that. There's a security about being part of God's family. And I don't know about you, but when you know that you're secure in a relationship, how many people understand there's peace in that? There's a peace, and you just are able to rest and know that my heavenly Father loves me. And see, this peace is a byproduct of belonging in a secure family. And it's based on unconditional, unwavering love like God's. I hope that people, when you walk in the doors of Bethel, I hope you realize that you're a part of a family. And I hope that you feel an unconditional love and an unwavering love. That it doesn't matter what you're going through. It doesn't matter what's happening in your life. Here, you'll feel loved. And you won't feel judged. You won't feel shame. Because I want to tell you something, and this is what I believe the, the older I get. We all have our stuff. Yours might look different than mine, but we all have it. And here's what the enemy's secret is. Can I tell you a secret weapon? You know how I told you before, like if you go to play a game and you already know you're going to win, it's easy. Do you know that the enemy's not creative, right? He doesn't create things. God creates things. The enemy mimics things. His thing is lying to you. His thing is telling you that you're the only one. You can't tell somebody. You're the only one that struggles with this. He's lying. And I'm not encouraging us to air our dirty laundry to everybody, but the more honest we are, that we have stuff in our lives, we have struggles in our lives, the more it actually helps people in the room to go, oh, I'm not alone. No, you're not alone. You're not alone. See, I truly believe that I am never disappointed by God. But can I tell you the truth? There's moments where I'm disappointed by God. Do you understand what I'm saying? Like, he is the big picture, so he knows more. And so in the long run, I won't be disappointed, but there's moments that if you've been praying for things and it hasn't happened, that you're disappointed in God. And I know we talk about, well, you're never disappointed by God. But I'm guessing everybody in the room, at some moment in your life, there's been a day where you didn't understand. 
And the more that we love, that security, that peace, when you can walk through these doors and realize that if I tell somebody, when somebody says, how's the day, how are you doing this week? And you don't have to feel like you say, oh, good. But inside you can confess and you can admit, you know what, this week hasn't been that good. This week's been tough. Well, what's going on? Lay a few things out, and the person talking to you, the only thing they say to you is, yeah, can I pray with you? There's no judgment. I don't know about you. I've confessed things to friends and opened up my heart, and I'm expecting to get lectured. And when they just look at me and they say, yeah, been there. I haven't been to that. I haven't been in that stuff, but I've been in this stuff. Can I just pray with you? Absolutely. Do you realize the Bible, when it says confess our sins to one another, that's not to get dirty laundry out. That's actually just to get it out so the enemy has no power over us. Because, see, the power is hidden in secrets. You know this as parents. If your kids do something and you're trying to figure out what happened and how it happened, you're like, it's just unsettled. But if your kid just was like, I stole all the cookies and ate them all, then you could stop blaming your husband and be like, oh, okay, we're all good. <laughs> right? Like, no, like we can stop trying to figure it out and we can be like, this is what happened. And we move on. In this place, I pray that you feel unconditional love, you feel unconditional um, peace, and that in this room and outside of this room, that you never feel judged by people in here. Because I truly believe that my job is not to judge. My job is to love, to love you and to introduce you to Jesus. And here's the cool thing. Jesus loves you enough not to leave you in the mess, and he'll help you get out of it one step at a time. I was talking to somebody this week, and we were just talking about this type of stuff, and I don't know why lately I'm referring to Shrek so much. I haven't watched the movie in a long time. But the cool thing in the movie with Shrek, he talks about how ogres have layers like and onions, and so... All of us have layers, like an onion. I prefer the idea of a cake. It has layers, right? Everybody's shaking their head. I know. It was Shrek. You can't argue with me here, all right? So, but the nice thing about God is, I don't know if you, like when you peel an onion, as you cut, like I find sometimes, like all of a sudden I'll get a chunk of it, and then all of a sudden there's another time where it's like this little like layer of skin that I'm like, what is that? But I feel like with God, he'll peel, and like all of a sudden he'll get this little layer of skin, and you're almost like, oh, I didn't really feel that. And then all of a sudden he'll grab this like chunk, and you're like, oh, I felt that. But he does it at a time, and this person actually threw out this at me, which I thought was kind of neat. As God does it, just like an onion, as he peels back layers, sometimes there's tears. And so there's this moment in our lives that if we just allow God to work in our lives and you don't feel the pressure that you need to convince somebody or convict somebody and just love them as God pulls back a layer, as he pulls back a layer in your life, you just watch how God will bring us closer in his family and walk with him in such a powerful way. John 1, 12 says this, But to all who have received him, those who believe in his name, he has given the right to become God's children. Children not born by human parents or by the human desire or a husband's decision, but by God. John's referring to this ultimate gift of adoption into God's family. This is also used as an illustration that Christians change their relationship status as being a part of the family of God and to those of his kids. How many people know you can have extended family, but then there's 
your personal family. There's your immediate family. This is the difference. We can go from being a part of his family to just kids. And I don't know about you, but this is why I always believe there's more. There's always more. The more time I spend talking to my dad, the more time I spent talking to my grandfather, the more I found out about my family, the more I understood who we are and where we've come from and what we can walk in. And this is with a relationship with God. The deeper you get with him, the closer you spend time with him, the more time you spend with him, you understand the inheritance that you have and the authority that you can walk in. Never be satisfied. Never be okay with where you're at with God. It's a new kind of family when you're with God. God's family where we are all adopted, we are all adopted into love, we are adopted into grace. Every one of us in this room, in God's family, none of us earned it. He accepted us, he adopted us. Romans 8, 14 to 17 says, for all who are led by the spirit of God are the sons of God, but you did not receive the spirit of slavery leading again to fear, but you receive the spirit of adoption by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The spirit himself bears witness to our spirit and we are God's children. And if children, then heirs, namely heirs of God and also fellow heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with him, so we may also be glorified with him. Paul is reminding the Christians at Rome that when a person becomes a follower of Christ, a follower of Jesus, and receives the Holy Spirit into their life, that person has been a recipient of the gift of adoption and is a part of his family. Now, the interesting thing is it says that we might suffer with him. So our life isn't promised to be easy. Jesus suffered. He says, therefore, we will suffer. And in that tough times, in those moments, we will ask God, when we, as the mom said, we will have broken hearts, but the scripture verse that she quoted said, to encourage the poor, to help the brokenhearted. That means when we are children of God, there's times where we might ask, where's God? Where is Jesus? But when we are part of his family, when we get close, we'll say, where there is God, there's peace. Where there is Jesus, there's strength. And where there is Jesus, where there is God, there's family. We're a part of that family. It's kind of been this underlining theme this fall almost, just talking about how we're family and how we're connected and we walk through this together. Here's a really nice thing. Adoption is for all. Adoption is for all. Can you just look at your neighbor again and just say, adoption's for all. That includes you. Other side, only half of you are doing this, so we have to get the whole room. Like, if one person in the middle does it, you'll get both sides. Adoption is for all. That includes you. Go ahead. God has an adoption plan. He says that we, when we feel unwanted, God will sit there and he'll say, come here. When you feel like you don't fit in and you don't belong, God's sitting there saying, come on over here. Come and see me. It's his plan. He has this plan for everyone. Ephesians 1 says, verse 4 to 6, even as he chose, chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love, he predestined us for adoption as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will, to the praises of his glorious grace, with which he has blessed us in the beloved it is God who has done this great work in adoption and making us his kids. 
truthfully, if you're sitting here and maybe you're like, well, I just have to get this fixed. I just have to get this done to get closer to God. That's not the way it works. He's already chosen you. He already loves you. He loves you just the way you are. And he just wants you to come into a relationship with him. If you're here this morning, you've already accepted Jesus, then he just wants you to go deeper with him. He just wants you to take you to the next level. He wants you to go not just on the outskirts, but pull in closer. He wants to sit with you at the table, and when you say grace, he wants to reach out and hold your hands. That's what he wants to do this morning. He wants to pull you in to that next level with him. See, the adopted son is now under control of his new father, and responsibility is only to him. You're not responsible to other people, just to God. This is the neat thing. I don't have to, I don't have to answer to you if you think I'm out of line, but I'm doing exactly what my father has told me to do. John Bevere, in his series, Debate of Satan, one, or um, Breaking Intimidation, he says this, it's hard to do what God has asked you to do when you have the fear of men. When you have the fear of men, you can't always do what God has asked you to do. I have to be okay with maybe you think I'm weird or maybe you think I shouldn't have done something, but knowing that God has asked me to do it and being okay with it. Jesus says he didn't do anything without seeing the Father do it. And there's moments that God might ask you to do something in your workplace and you might be the odd person. But if you know for sure that he's asked you to do it and it extends love, the only way you can walk for him is to be more concerned about what he's asked you to do. Only responsible to him. Now, I say that with the disclaimer of don't be the crazy one either. Like my son might be responsible to me, but I'm also asking him not to do something crazy. So when we do something for Jesus, we want to also, at the end of it, realize we represent him. And so do we present him in a loving way. At the end of the day, when people go, well, why did you do that? Well, I felt like God asked me to. Are people going to go, well, that was cool. That was loving. I get that. Or are they going to say, I want nothing to do with God if he asked you to do that. Those are two different pictures. God loves us, and he's adopted us. As adopted sons and daughters, we are now to lift up a new family. Lift up, we're lifted up, sorry, to a new family status and made co-heirs with Christ. Do you understand that you can kind of just lift your head and pull your shoulders back? I don't know if you remember a couple summers ago, we did the armor of uh, Christ, and Pastor Charles was talking about the breastplate of righteousness, and he said you could stand up and it should just shine. And too many times as believers, we walk around defeated when it's like we are co-heirs with Christ. We are sons and daughters of the living God. There's a confidence in that. I don't know about you, but you should feel confident knowing who your heavenly father is and walking around with that confidence. Paul goes on to write in Galatians 4, he says, but when the appropriate time had come, God sent out his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law so that we may be adopted as sons with full rights. And because you are sons, God sent his spirit of his son into our hearts who calls Abba Father. So we are no longer a slave, but a son. And if you are a son, then you are also an heir through 
God. Paul quickly kind of uh, abbreviates and paraphrases and sums up the Christmas story. In here, he describes when and why Jesus came. And when we received the gift of adoption that came at Christmas and put it to our work, put it in our faith, our hope, and trust in Jesus to forgive us of our sins as he becomes our Lord and Savior. We then have peace. There's a peace that you should have. We have peace with God and peace knowing that we not only are saved from sin, death, and Satan and hell, but we also have peace knowing that we are secure in a family with a heavenly Father who loves us so unconditionally and with a perfect kind of love. I don't know about you, but we've all felt love before, but understanding that God not only has love, but he's a perfect love. A perfect love. When you have friends or coworkers or even yourselves, you're still searching for something more. Do you realize it's the perfect love of God that you're searching for? It's the unconditional love. It doesn't matter what you did last night. It doesn't matter what you did this morning. It doesn't matter what you thought two minutes ago. It's unconditional love for you. This is the nature and the character of our Heavenly Father. He will never turn away. I don't know about you, but too often as we get to know the character of some people, we get hurt, but the character of God never changes. Never changes. And many of us, we just have to get to know his character more so that we can have a trust more in him and more faith built up in him. See, when you first accept Jesus into your heart and you ask him for something, a lot of times, this is where veteran believers, mature believers, kind of get frustrated sometimes in their walk with God because somebody new will come to the Lord and ask God for something, and he answers immediately. And we're like, I've been praying forever for that. God, what's going on? And God's revealing his character to them, knowing that he's loving, he's here. And the more mature we get, if we have to wait, do we still trust his character? Because his character doesn't change. He might not respond as quickly because he's not a genie in a bottle. But his character still stays the same. Psalms 27.10 says, Even if my father and mother abandon me, the Lord would take me in. We think we're alone so many times. We think we're by ourselves. We think even as our walk with God, as I said, the enemy likes to lie to us like nobody else is going through this. And Jesus is sitting there saying, just come sit at my table. Come sit with me. Be a part of my family. Some of you this morning, you might be thinking, sitting here, and as I was talking, you might be thinking that the broken heart that you're feeling is a permanent thing. And as we go back, we accept in our hearts and it's just the way it's going to be. But my prayer is this morning that you hear God saying, but it isn't. It isn't the way it's going to be. Come sit with me and hold my hands. Jesus is saying with an invitation, just come. He's saying, this is my family that is the heart of our Heavenly Father, giving us a place to belong, a peace, an experience to be a part of his family. The mother in the video, she reads the verse and says, God has chosen me. 
God has chosen us. He's adopted every one of us, and he's done it not just for us, but the rest of the verse goes on to say to encourage the poor and to help the brokenhearted. Now that we've been adopted, it is our responsibility to encourage the poor and to help the brokenhearted. So this Christmas season, who are you adopting? Who are you helping? Who are you pouring out God's love? Perhaps this morning, this Christmas, with the understanding that we're adopted, maybe this Christmas is where you're going to reach out to somebody. Maybe tonight, you're going to go to the carol sing and you're going to help somebody. Maybe you're going to give up your seat so somebody else can have it. What are you going to do this Christmas season to extend this love, this adoption, into other people's lives? This Christmas season, who are you going to adopt into your family so they can experience Christ's love and be a part of Christ's family? Because now that you are adopted, if you're sitting here this whole time like, Chad, I know I'm adopted. There's more for you to go deeper with the Lord, but also a part of that is now your responsibility to extend God's love and to adopt others into your family and to show them the way to Christ. Let's pray this morning. Father, we thank you this morning for your love, for your adoption into your family. And Lord, this morning, I actually just pray over everyone that you stir up in us this passion to extend that love to others. That, Father, we this morning have people in our hearts and our minds who we're supposed to even reach out to this afternoon and just invite them maybe to the carol singer, invite them over, invite them to have coffee or invite them to something, Father God. Maybe we, we know that they're not going to have Christmas dinner with somebody and we invite them. And so Holy Spirit, I pray that you stir that in our hearts. Can we stand together this morning? I actually feel led just to close in a different way than I normally do every week. Here's what I'd like you to do. If you feel comfortable, if you don't feel comfortable, you don't have to. I want you just to take the hand of the person beside you. I don't know about you, but when we pray at dinner time, we just hold hands around the table. And so I just want you to just grab the hand of the person beside you. And I'm actually just going to close in prayer right now. Actually, if I just had you hold hands. I'm sorry, I'm winging this. This was not what I was going to do. If you're part of the prayer team, I'd still actually like you to come forward right now. I'll open up the altars for that. But I'm not going to do a salvation call because I want you to pray um, for people. And so prayer team, if you're here, just come to the front. Because maybe you're here this morning. I'm going to close in prayer, but I want you to know that there are people here that can pray with you and want to pray with you this morning. But the way I'm going to close in prayer this morning, we're going to pray. And what I want you to pray, I want you to pray with me. But I want you to pray for the lost neighbor or coworker. As I've been talking, I've been talking about inviting people into God's family. My heart is that Holy Spirit's already put people in your mind. That as I'm talking about it, you don't have to search. There's enough people around you that there was one person that God just kind of went, this person. And so we're going to pray this morning. As I'm closing, I'm going to pray for lost souls. And what I want you to do is mention them by name. And then we're praying that literally today and tomorrow, you're able to interact in their life and just talk about Jesus for a moment. And when I say talk about Jesus, it could be as simple as, why don't you come to the carol sing? And get them in an atmosphere, a whole pile of people are worshiping God. Hey, why don't you come to Christmas Eve service? Well, I don't know. What time should I pick you up at? 
I just believe that God wants to move, and we just have to take that step. And so let's pray. Father, we just thank you for the understanding of being adopted into your family. And Lord, there's so many people around us. There's so many loved ones around us. There's so many neighbors and coworkers that just need your love. And Lord, it is our understanding that we are here today and we are in a place where we live, where we work, because we are your light to them. And so Lord, this morning, I pray that you stir it up in our hearts that as much as we feel this peace and this love of adoption into your family, there are so many people around us that don't. And so Lord, this morning, I pray for you just to stir in our hearts. And Lord, I pray right now that this is not just a prayer of, oh yeah, I should do that. But Lord, we actually do it. That Lord, we don't look for an open door, we kick a door open. And that Father, we just kind of talk to them and just lead the conversation on like, oh, what are you doing for Christmas? You should come to Christmas Eve service. What are you doing tonight? Why don't you come with me to the carol sing? That Father, we just lead the conversation. And that Father, people begin to soften their hearts to you and come into a relationship with you because that is the love and the peace that they are seeking, they just don't know it. And help us to show them in Jesus' name. And so, Father, as we go, help us to be a light for you. Protect us. Let us shine bright for you. And give us the words to speak and to encourage people. And, Lord, as we celebrate Christmas with our families, let us have a great time. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for checking out this week's message. Bethel Church Podcast that's blessed you and encouraged you and that you come back and check out next week's message as well.